Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purple Dinosaur Cast. Purple Dinosaur Podcast. Tyler, mine, and Tony Masterson. Purple Dinosaur Cast. Purple Dinosaur Podcast. Tyler and Anthony Masterson. Welcome to the Purple Dinosaur Podcast with Anthony Masterson and Tyler Mon. Enjoy the show. Um, weep, weep, weep. um, I might just leave that in as the intro. <laughs> Me yawning, uh, oh, having no interest two. in uh, in actually professionally starting this podcast. Who cares, man? <laughs> Who cares? It's the Rockies, dude. They're really bad. <laughs> what does it matter? What does any of it matter? <laughs> hey, welcome into the latest hey. edition of the Purple Dinosaur Podcast. My name is Tyler Vaughn. Hey, my name is Anthony Masterson. What does any of it matter? Yeah, what does it matter? Uh, <laughs> at least the Abs won Game One. Hey, uh, you know that was that was a that was a lovely. Wednesday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening activity, whatever. Yeah, it was. It's so funny. Like, uh, like last year, I, I knew they they lost in the second round, but like I, I remember looking back and they'd won the first two of the second round after sweeping the first round, and then yeah, that first game in game uh, one of the second round, they beat Vegas seven to one. Yeah, I was like, oh, they're never yeah. losing again. Yeah, uh, they won the first two in that series, and then never won again. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then refused and that to was win anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, this is. I'm getting optimistic about a Colorado sports team and I don't uh, yeah, no, like when I do that. That's a mistake. Yeah. It does nothing but hurt me usually. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll see how that goes, but at least to end all optimism, there are the Colorado Rockies as we welcome you into this latest edition of the old uh, purple dinosaur podcast. Uh, you're my and our Colorado Rockies, the subject of this eight year old podcast. Uh, they've lost eight of their last nine. They've lost nine of their last 11. They've gone from at one point, a high water mark of five games over 515 and 10 after, uh, winning five out of six on a homestand against Cincinnati and Washington to now 17 and 19 and in last place in the national league West, because Woo-hoo. the Arizona diamondbacks, who we assumed were going to be hot garbage. Uh, are a game better than the Rockies at this point. The D-backs are 18 and 20. Uh, the Rockies are seven games back of the front-running Los Angeles Dodgers. They have now lost 12 straight to the San Francisco Giants. And um, 
they're just not very good, man. They're just in, not in a any very possible good way. Team. Yeah, like you know, our whole thing with them was, hey, you know, weird but fun. Like they could have some good, some good times yeah. this year, hit some dongs, and there's like nothing yeah, weird not or that. fun about this team at all. Yeah, they <laughs> the uh, they've hit 35 homers. Uh, they've been out homered by their opponents, uh, 38 to 35. Um, yeah, there's just like there's not a whole lot interesting about this team, which is uh, it's a real bummer because that was, yeah, coming into the season, we figured like, well, they're probably going to be, you know, a fourth place team in this division, but hopefully they'll provide some entertaining moments. Hopefully you can detach yourselves from the, uh, you know, the, the hope and the dream of having a competitive baseball team. And instead you can just embrace the fact that like, all right, maybe they'll at least provide us with some enjoyable moments and instead, they're just pretty bad it's, at it's everything. They are a, yeah. uh, they're a very middle of the road to below average baseball team in pretty much every way. Uh, yeah, they're 35 homers rank basically right in the middle of the pack uh, in the National League. Uh, they are eighth in the league, so smack dab in the middle of the pack in the National League. The uh, Milwaukee Brewers have 49 homers to lead the league. Um, you know, the Rockies are always going to have a high team batting average and a high team OPS. They are currently leading the National League uh, with a 263 team average, and they are second in the National League with a 740 team OPS. But they're not scoring, um, you know, to the degree that they would need to to win games. Uh, they are third in the league in that category, but, you know, they also give up a ton of runs and uh, got a negative 32 run differential. And they're just not compelling. Their good pitchers are not good. Uh, the guys who they were relying on as being good have not uh, continued early season strong trends. Uh, Chris Bryant's back fell off and uh, – <laughs> There's like not much about this team that is really that uh, that interesting. <laughs> That's I, a real bummer. I, I think in the beginning when we're doing our season preview, I think we said that if people stay healthy, I think like 80 games, like 500 would be like probably what they could do. That would but be like the there's ceiling. Yeah. The ceiling. There's just no, no depth really yeah. in any of that roster. Like the, the better players in the minors were really in double A or lower. Uh, you know, Albuquerque didn't have a lot of promise, I guess, for people to help at the big leagues. And uh, we're kind of seeing right now that there's a lot going on, not a lot of depth. When yeah. some guys got hurt, Chris Bryant got hurt, had to regrow his legs. We're trying to figure yeah. out what's going on there. Hopefully he'll be back this weekend, apparently. apparently. He's uh, in Albuquerque right now doing some rehab. But you had the guys that you were really counting on. You paid a lot of money to, like Antonio Sensatella and Kyle Freeland, who got these extensions. Uh, Ryan McMahon, they have not really come to play yet. No, they have not. And the the problems that they've had, it's not their total fault that the Rockies are getting buried right now, but they have definitely not helped. Herman Marquez has been a ghost, an absolute shell of his former self. Uh, Freeland's got a five, Senzatello's got a four and a half, and now he's on the I.L. uh, because his back fell off. Um, You you didn't expect Chad Cool to be the Rockies' best starter, but that's kind of what it's been. And he was atrocious yesterday. And he got his ass kicked yesterday. Uh, the bullpen is the worst bullpen in baseball, except for Tyler Kinley. Yeah, Tyler Kinley is the lone guy who, like, Tyler Kinley has been ridiculous. The next lowest ERA, Tyler Kinley's ERA for the Rockies this year is 0.68. The next best ERA on this team is 3.38, and that's Justin Lawrence. And he's um, in AAA. <laughs> and he's in AAA. Uh, the, yeah, the Rockies just don't have anything to lean on. And uh, yeah, as we said at the beginning of the year, they had to stay healthy. Um, 
And, you know, I think as an extension of that, you also assume that they have to stay as good as they have been in seasons past. And that's been a big problem. You know, Kyle Freeland and Herman Marquez have been healthy. Um, They haven't been good. And (laughs) that's a big problem. Yeah. When Marquez has an ERA of 6.16 through seven starts and not only that, but like, and that's, and that's what he he just had his best start of the year on Saturday. And he is getting hit hard. His opponent's average is three Oh three. Uh, he's only what struck out 32 three, three. in 38 innings. Um, they don't have guys who are getting strikeouts right now. Uh, you know, Austin Gomber's got 32 in 39 innings. Uh, Chad Cool's got 30 in 37 innings. Freeland has 26 in 36 and two thirds. You know, Daniel Bard, who, you know, has already blown a couple of saves this year. He's probably your best strikeout guy right now. He's got 19 and 13 in the third, but that's your closer. You need that from him. Antonio Sensatella struck out 11 batters in 29 and two thirds innings. And I know that strikeouts have not been his game, but (laughs) that's not sustainable in 2022 major league baseball. You can't have a start, especially at Coors field. It's one thing if you have a guy who's pitching to contact in San Francisco or San Diego, but at Coors field, you cannot let opponents hit 387 against you. And that's what Sensatella has done so far. 11 strikeouts in 30 innings. And he had three of those last night when he got hurt in three innings. That's like, those are like numbers from the 1980s. It is you know? incredibly like, hard to crafty. do what Antonio Sensatella has done this year. Yeah. Incredibly hard. Yeah. It's, uh, it is in this really day and age. bad. In this <laughs> day and age, go 11 really to get a 3.3 strikeouts per nine innings, uh, which contributes directly to the fact that the uh, team K per nine this year is uh, 28th in the big leagues. Uh, the K percentage is 29th. Uh, only in front of the Royals, who we just saw. Uh, worst bullpen ERA, worst opponent average, uh, second worst whip, second worst or opponent OPS, second worst DRA. And uh, and it doesn't help that nobody's hitting. Yep. Like, listen, we, we get the fact that they're going to have, like, like I said, a lot of average, whatever. Great. In May, since they've been pretty bad, uh, they're, they're 12th in the NL in home runs, 13th in at-bats per home runs, uh, 13th in walk percentage, in the month of Ooh. May, and they kind of buried themselves in that time. Um, no one was really hitting consistently, except for I guess Connor Joe. Yeah, CJ Crone's got good overall numbers. His yeah. splits, uh, home road splits, are insane. So you know, I feel like every uh, year there's one player designated who's going to have the most insane home road splits for the Rockies every year. It's usually someone different every year, like the the Brad Hop effect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> CJ Chrome this year at home, a uh, slash out of 398, 446, 723, and 1169 OPS, seven home runs on the road, 211, 250, 404, a 654 OPS. So, anyway, um, but what also sucks oh. and what, what is the most surprising part, listen, it, coming into the year, we knew the rotation didn't have a lot of like swing and miss guys. We knew the offense was okay, but some guys had to pop, and those guys pretty much have not. What the Rockies have had, a, you know, pride in over the last decade or so, uh, their defense. Their defense has abandoned the leather daddies. Cheer the leather daddies. Coors the leather Shield. Daddies, uh, that is a a different uh, connotation a, right now for the leather daddies. That is a distant memory right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, they are they are long gone from that. They have the uh, fourth most errors in the game. Uh, fourth worst fielding percentage. Uh, they are just butchering the ball all over the place, something you absolutely cannot do at Coors Field. You cannot give any team, no matter how bad they are, Royals, Reds, 
up to the Dodgers. You cannot give any team extra outs because it will hurt you. There is not an, an if, there is only a will. It will come back to kick your ass, and that is what it has done for the Rockies this year. They are just a team that is not doing anything right to be competitive. You know, they they did have the good homestand where they took five or six from Cincinnati and Washington. When you remove those series, they got swept in four straight at Philadelphia. Uh, they lost a series at Arizona. They got swept at San Francisco. They lost a home series to the Royals, who are 13 and 22. Uh, the Royals got two of their 13 wins this season in that series here. That's a bad team. The Royals are not a good team. No. Um, and they, the Rockies looked, you know, with the exception of a couple of innings, the Rockies looked like bizarrely non-competitive uh, in that, in the first game, you know, they scored 10 runs in that first game. They gave up 14. Like that was just a garbage baseball. Uh, 14 game. runs to a team that entered that game last in offense in the entire yeah. baseball. Yeah. In all um, of baseball. They uh, they were down six nothing against the Royals on uh, the fifteenth. Uh, three days ago, they scored a seven spot in the seventh, and you think like, hell yeah, that's the way you rally and you grab a big win at home and set yourselves up for a, a division rival coming to town. And the Giants and they proceeded to see uh, Daniel Bard blow a save and um, give up two in the ninth, and they blew that game. Uh, like they're just a team. Yeah, I think what we hoped for coming into this year, best case scenario was. Uh, a starting pitching staff that could get you, you know, into the middle innings uh, in a competitive place in each game, uh, a bullpen that would be able to pitch you across the finish line and failing all of that, an offense that would slug, uh, you know, mid 90s style to get you 14, 10 wins instead of 14, 10 losses. And instead, what we have seen is just a really poorly assembled mediocre baseball team you know charlie blackman is hitting uh 218 with a 671 ops uh chris bryant before he went on the injured list had a slugging percentage of 351 with four doubles and no homers this year um you know guys who you looked at as okay well maybe that guy's going to be able to provide something for you you know randall gritchick he's had a fine season to this point 276 325 448 that's okay he's got kind five of, homers kind of what you would expect yeah. yeah like that's but you cannot rely on on Randall Gritchick as being one of your main offensive threats. Brendan Rodgers, you know, to his credit, he's shown some signs of life uh, since he came back from taking a little bit of time uh, away because of what he referred to as prison beds uh, in hotels on the road, which was yeah, like which, a little strange. Uh, we, should, we should definitely dive into that at some point. Yeah. yeah. Well, the hell are these guys staying? Um, but, you <laughs> know, Brendan Rodgers has only two hitless games for the month of May. Uh, and of all of the other games in which he has hits, he has only three games with one hit. So he's had multiple hit games uh, eight times uh, through 13 games in May. Through this month, he is slashing 370, 382, 574. So is it enough to say, ah, Brennan Rodgers is here. He's survived. He's he's now a legitimate big leaguer. Not yet, but, you know, he's obviously showing that he can get there. Uh, compare that to his 14 games in April when he hit 078 with a 270 OPS. Um, like you look at his overall numbers and you're like, man, that is a pretty bad season. Uh, he's only got a 617 OPS. It's because he's digging himself out of a hole in which he started the season with a 270 OPS through 14 yeah. games. Yeah. So, like, that's good to see. But, yeah, Ryan McMahon hasn't been the guy that you've kind of hoped and, and relied on seeing uh, over the course of his time. Uh, you know, Dom Nunez is a void when he's in the lineup. Uh, he just Alan, got sent down. Yeah, yeah, he just got sent down. Uh, Alan Trejo, in the limited times they've seen him, like, he's had some okay moments, sure. Uh, Elleris Montero. 
only came up for one game. He did get two hits in his, his four at bats. Um, and that's a guy that eventually you're going to need to see uh, on a regular basis. Uh, there's the prospect highlight in the deal for Nolan Arnato. Um, but yeah, right now it's like Connor Joe and a whole bunch of nobody. And, and Jonathan Daza. And Daza. Like, yeah. yeah. And Daza has been good. Um, well, and, and the irony too, about the fact that they're not getting themselves uh, out of any holes here, the, the pitching staff, now in the National League, the third most quality starts and quality starts, of course, not the most be all end all is a six or more innings, three runs or fewer, which is, again, a 450 ERA. That's not great, but whatever. Keeping a team in a game, especially Coors Field, if you've given up three runs, you're in the sixth or seventh inning. You've done a pretty good job. You should win a lot of those games if this team was constructed as a good offensive squad. Uh, the only teams with more quality starts in the National League than the Rockies are the Brewers and the Padres. That's it. Two pretty damn good teams. And then the Rockies are third on that list. So you think they should be able to stay in these games, especially Coors Field, except haven't hit a lick on the road. At Coors Field, the bullpen has completely screwed them up, and they're not even hitting. So even when they do get something good to happen to them or have a trend in the right direction, it does not seem to matter at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I think in – I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in a while, but uh, last night I uh, got to go to the game. There was a UniWatch meetup uh, with me and all of my fellow uniform and logo nerds, uh, Paul Lucas, the founder of, of UniWatch, uh, which you can, of course, read and check out on the old internet. Uh, yesterday came to town, did his first meetup in Denver, and uh, there was a really, really good turnout. He said it was probably the second biggest for a, a UniWatch meetup uh, nice. that he's ever seen. And it was, it was really cool. It was a ton of fun. Um, but I got to talking with, you know, it's a lot of Rockies fans there. And, uh, one guy who I talked with, uh, whose name was will, I believe, um, he put it this way. He said, I was a partial season ticket holder every year of franchise history. I think, I think he said until last year and he said, I'm done. I'm never, I'm not buying, you know, I'll watch them on TV, but I'm not going out of my way to spend money to support this franchise. And somebody asked him, was it the, the Arenado deal? And he said, no, it's the complete lack of a plan. He said the Arnado deal coupled with the Chris Bryant signing is what really shows how there is no plan here because you're signing Chris Bryant on a team that otherwise has nothing and you're not putting pieces in place to build around him. And as this guy said last night, you know, it's one thing if, if a front office comes out and says, all right, we're aiming to be competitive by 2024. We have to go through this rebuild. It'll be painful, blah, blah, blah. The Astros have saddled baseball fans with this illusion that the only way for certain teams to be competitive is to go feast or famine, to go through the lean years where you rack up high draft picks and you build from within and you do all that stuff. Um, Obviously that is true to a degree. And that is the way that some teams have to build things to a degree, but you know, there are ways that you can sustain competitiveness as well. And the Rockies are just doing none of that. They're not sustaining anything. They didn't have anything uh, to sustain after the disaster that was 2019. And now they don't have a plan for, all right, well, here's what comes next. Here's how we get back to that. That's what I think. And this goes back to the very first episode of this podcast. The people who we have always sought out and wanted to talk to are the forgotten intelligent baseball fans who cheer for this team or live in this market or have, you know, been Rockies fans forever because 
the only thing anybody wants to talk about on on sports talk radio here now is russell wilson and his new dog and you know the what the backup center position is going to look like for the broncos and blah 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 never an off season there are intelligent baseball fans who see this team for what it is which is a franchise that is completely rudderless um you know you've got your lone newspaper in town trying to position the owner's son being hired as pro scouting director as ah he did it the right way <laughs> what he a bootstraps moment so like, many things Jesus. yeah exactly really pulled himself up couldn't have heard that his last name was also Montfort um and Dick Montfort was quoted in that story saying like well you know people used to say that about me too because my father and it's like man you are so close to getting it you're yeah, so dude, close like, yeah and it's, it's of course, then he, you know, eventually you, you get over it, you get past it, blah, blah, blah. Like this, this franchise trying to, you know, uh, well, there's a not delicate phrase about it, but they are trying to do something and tell you that it's raining. Um, <laughs> that is not going to fly with anyone. Uh, and that's where I think Rockies fans have stepped across the Rubicon. I think there are so many people who have decided like, I'm not going back because there is no plan for this team. And this roster has laid that bare. You are relying on Chris Bryant to be the anchor of a team that is otherwise very pedestrian. Chris Bryant is gone. And this team sucks. Now they are not a good baseball team. They are not a well-constructed roster. They are not a competitive team on most nights. Um, It's just it's maddening to people who just want to see a successful franchise here because this is groundhog day. This yeah, is, every you year. know, yeah. exactly. This is it's the, Lucy in the football. This is the 2004 Rockies all yeah. over again. You know, it's just like, okay, you've got some veterans who are making a lot of money or past their prime who aren't on the way to doing anything. You've got some young guys, but they're not really part of, uh, you know, the next wave of homegrown talent that you think is going to carry you into a window of contention. This team is just so blah. Like there is not much that you lace them up and you go down to Coors Field and you're like, hell yeah, man. I can't wait to see Jose Iglesias out there today. Like there's just been fine. Yeah, Yeah, he's been fine. He's been totally fine. (laughs) But that's the highest grade that you can give this team this year is fine. You know, like they started the season on a really good roll. You know, they kick things off at four and one. They're eight and three at one point. We think like, hell yeah, they're going right for that, that 2020 graphic of the Rockies are 11, <laughs> or 11 and three. three. Daniel Murphy pointing at the camera and judging people whose lifestyles he doesn't agree with. Um, and then, you know, since then, like this is a, this is a really bad team. Since then they have gone uh, nine and 16. And just, yeah, like these last couple of weeks have just been, it's just not even good baseball. No, like, it's the, it's hard to watch. Yeah, it is. It really it's, it's, is. It's non-competitive, especially against the Giants, who they've lost yeah. 12 straight against, going, going for lucky 13 this afternoon. And those games are just like, they're just ugly. They're two, just, two pitches in yesterday was a 500-foot home run by Tommy LaStella. And you're like, okay, well, I yeah. can do something else with my night. Yeah. Um, yeah, 12 and 9 in April, 5 and 10 in May. They've been outscored by 17 runs in May. Yeah. Well, they got us for by 15 runs in April. We're still 12 and nine. So, oh boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man. And like the thing that I think is frustrating is, you know, uh, six, seven years ago when we were first uh, getting into our rhythm with, with the show, there was so much for us to discuss, you know, by going to 
talk about what's going on in Albuquerque, by going to talk about what's going on in Hartford or, you know, New Britain before that, uh, or at, at Modesto or Lancaster or Asheville or whatever. And now, you know, like can't even really do that. The most exciting guys in this system, as we've talked about a little bit so far this season, they are way off. I mean, the Rockies have one top 100 prospect, according to MLB.com. That's Zach Veen. Uh, Zach Veen's having a fine year. Zach Veen's 20 years old and he's in high A. Yeah. Like best case scenario, best case scenario, we see Zach Veen in 2024. Um, but, you know, he's got a 746 OPS for Spokane. That's fine. Uh, Started out slowly. Now he's he's over his last four games, but, yeah. you know, he's – it's he's, come along. he's he's 20, you know, yeah, yeah. he's 20. Exactly. That's yeah. the thing. He is 20. You know, Drew Romo is the same situation, uh, a catching prospect who may be a bona fide catching prospect, which the Rockies have not had in God knows how long, um, you know, although we thought Dom Nunez was that Dom Nunez has not proven to be an effective major league catcher. Um, Benny Montgomery, their first round pick from last year. He's 19. <laughs> Benny Montgomery has been good with Fresno, but he's 19. Uh, beyond that, Montero, who we talked about, he's a triple A. Ryan Rolson's been hurt since spring training. Ezekiel Tovar is exciting as a shortstop prospect. Um, you know, he's 20. And then it's like a whole bunch of guys you're like, okay, they're not really impact big leaguers. You know, I don't see Brenton Doyle, Michael Tolia, and Ryan Valade leading the charge for a playoff berth. Um, you know, not taking anything away from those guys, but I think they're, you know, future replacement level big leaguers it, it's um, not it's not too low in holiday and exactly those guys coming up at the exactly. same time yeah um yeah it's not you know freeland and gray and um you know story and <laughs> nolan and all of those guys yeah. um as i think a few weeks ago we mentioned like the most exciting prospect to me in the rockies organization is Jaden hill Jaden hill probably won't even throw a pitch professionally until next year because he had tommy john surgery last year in college so there is not it's uh it is a lean period for Rockies fans. Well, and yeah. what frustrates everybody is people don't see the way out of it because the franchise has never put forth a clear plan for that. That's the thing. It's going to be a couple of years at the very least, because you know, the, the Rockies want have said, I think on record somewhere, they wanted to do what the Royals did when the Royals ended up getting a, a world series yeah. win and two world series appearances. They wanted all that. We saw this firsthand in the Carolina League at the time that we were in, in 09 and 2010. They wanted all their guys to move up, up together and win when they were in the minor leagues. Yeah. A lot of teams, if you win a minor league game, who cares? It's how well the prospects played and nobody cares what the actual score was. But they wanted their guys to get used to winning the Hosmer, Moustakis, uh, Will Myers, all, all those guys in that era that were the minors for the Royals coming up together. They wanted them to win together. And you're seeing that right now. You're seeing the you know Fresno right now, 21 and 13, Spokane 17 and 15, Hartford 20 and 14. Then the Topes, where you're kind of guys in the big leagues, uh, they're 16 and 21, um, kind of like the Rockies right now. So that's something you can look at and say, hey, okay, they they say they wanted their guys to start winning in the minor leagues together. Great, they're doing that right now. But that still means we're at least a couple years away. And like you said are there impact guys down in that system like that are winning together right now? <sighs> it, again, it's not Matt holiday and too low coming up at the same time. And yeah, you know, transforming a moribund franchise at the beginning of the two thousands, like the Rockies were into a team that went to the world series in yeah. 2007. We're, we're not there at all right now. And that's you know where it becomes like, we've always had fodder, uh, for this podcast, uh, maybe more so when they struggle than when they're really good right now, they're just like the way that we have described in years past, like the worst thing is not people being angry at the Rockies. The worst thing is people not caring. 
the worst thing for the Rockies is antipathy. And this is a franchise that has beaten its fan base over the head into antipathy because there is nothing to be excited about. Um, You know, even somebody as talented as an, and as exciting as Zach Veen or as Benny Montgomery or whoever, I feel like those guys aren't moving the prospect needle the way that somebody like, you know, even Brendan Rogers did. Brendan Rogers was the third overall pick. And so you get a little bit more hype because people I think are more um, likely to know the name, Um, you know, Brendan Rogers being somebody who had come in as such a highly touted uh, young infielder. And uh, you know, somebody who, when they had Tulo on the block and ended up trading him, you thought, well, now they got Trevor story. And if they need to move on from Trevor story, they got this other kid in the wings. Um, You know, there was something there that was exciting. I don't think the average, if you asked a hundred sports fans, uh, you know, just walking down the street in Denver, who Zach Veen is, I don't know if more than five people would be able to name him for you. Like, I don't want no vaccine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not putting that in my body, my body, my choice, and your body also my choice. Um, I just like that's what's so frustrating about this team right now is there is not. <laughs> You know, when you're throwing Galise Chassin out there to mop up in, in garbage time pitching for an 8.31 ERA on like a fairly regular basis, like what about this team is supposed to be compelling, you know? Yeah, it's hopefully get Chris Bryant back this weekend. Uh, he's like I said, he's with the Topes right now. He got yeah. his first or second rehab start last night. Um, Bryant was with the team uh he had 281 in, in 15 games but no home runs yep uh 689 ops it's well below his uh career numbers didn't have a lot of power the, the back issue of course could have been a huge part of that yeah if your back is hurt a lot of trips and it's hard to get generate power i understand that part maybe when he comes back he'll be healthy hit some big dongs and we can go hey that's fun yeah <laughs> and you know i mean he is a guy who should be able to single-handedly transform a lineup because he alters the way you pitch to everybody around him. Uh, If he comes up with runners on, it's a much different circumstance for any pitcher versus facing Randall Gritchick versus facing, you know, Sam Hilliard at points this season. There are things that change in your dynamic one through nine, because you have Chris Bryant in the lineup uh, that are not there when he is not present. Right. But, is that enough to get the Rockies to a spot where they are, you know, even getting close to playing for a 500 season? I, I don't think so. Um, you know, and that, I think that's where the crux of the matters uh, lies for this team is that there's just not enough there. Uh, you know, it, it reminds me of the, you know, the first, everybody's an F1 fan now, of course, um, because we've all watched uh, drive to survive, but it reminds me of, you know, if you've got a car that you are supremely confident in and you get it out on a straight, you continually get blown away by an opponent. You can tinker and retool and do as much as possible from race to race, but like still the same car. Um, if you're the Rockies, yeah, like getting Chris Bryant, that, that changes some things that tinkers and retools your lineup. Everybody else around him is still the same. And, you know, do you have the type of squad that is going to be able to compete with the, you know, a team that runs out, it feels like eight all-stars in every single position from night to night in the Dodgers. 
um, or a team like the Giants that has just turned itself somehow back into a juggernaut over the last two years. It's just not there. It is not there. You know, if the Rockies were in the National League East, they'd be tied for second place. If the Rockies were in the Central, they would be in third place. They're not. They're a last place team. The last place team in the hardest division in baseball. In the hardest division in baseball. Like, you're not getting anywhere with this team. And furthermore, you lack the assets to be able to reshape your team in any sort of immediate sense, because you got nothing in return for John Gray. You got nothing in return for Trevor Story. You gave up $50 million when you traded Nolan Arenado away. Um, and yes, you got a handful of prospects, but like outside of Montero, there's not a whole lot from that trade that you really look at and think like, all right, well, you know, that guy's going to be able to make a, a big impact at some point. Like they, it's just, there's not much exciting or interesting about this team and they don't have much that you look at and think well at least if they decided to pull the trigger they could deal charlie blackman they could get back a couple of top 100 guys and they'd be right there getting said to like that doesn't exist they don't have those assets and that's that is really rough that's a really rough spot to be in well and you also don't have a structure in place in the front office that is able to do their jobs can do their jobs or people will take seriously if they want to try to do their jobs because you I know, know man seen... i read a whole story about how one of the monfort sons is a really hard worker did you read it in a in a physical <laughs> newspaper because if it is if you did that's true wow it's, i can't it believe has that to be true they it printed true. it it's on, in a physical newspaper on newsprint so it has to be true <laughs> they're not allowed to print um things that are not accurate that's true so, so obviously yeah, whichever like, monfort you know, that was we know that it was a, a joke when Jeff Bradich was the GM that other GMs around the league would like get together and like snicker about what they could get out of him this time because he was so woefully uh, not qualified for his job. Uh, and that he did, he held that job for what, six years, seven years. Yeah. <laughs> and something like that. He was woefully unqualified for, which and is still half the time of the previous guy who did it. who was even yeah, worse. Yeah. And so, and uh, it doesn't seem like Bill Schmidt has uh, been able to show off his acumen as of yet, as being a general manager, other than the fact that he was there for a while. Um, and, and so I, I still don't think the Rockies are seen as uh, something serious no. around the league. I think the signing of Chris Bryant, everyone who was asked me at work, uh, all the you know, former players and executives at Fox were like, what the hell are the Rockies doing? That's yep. the first thing they asked. We're like, yep. why would you sign Chris Bryant? And no, I, I tell them, I tell them, I, I, I don't know. I think it's great that they that they went and signed him. That's good for them. But like the next question is, why would Chris Bryant sign with the Rockies? And I say, because uh, he's already accomplished everything he needs to accomplish uh, in his career in terms of success. And he just wants to pad his stats. Like, I, I, I really don't have an actual answer. One rookie of the year, won an MVP, won a World Series in his first three years. Yep. So like, do, I, is it just to hit some big dongs, but he hasn't even done yet. So it's going to be a great place to raise his family. Yeah, sure. You know, I'm not going to begrudge that guy. We talk nope. about that a lot. Not Somebody offers no. me 180 yeah, plus million Bryant. dollars to do something. Absolutely. Dude, get that bag. Get paid, Chris <laughs> yeah, Bryant. Come on, good man. for you. Yeah, but it's amazing you. how people are, even just casual Rockies fans around town, they see it through the lens of cynicism of, they're just signing him because this team is bad and they know they need somebody to excite people enough to buy tickets. And on top of all that, you sign a dude who is a legend with Chicago Cubs fans in a market where when that team comes to town, 
your ballpark is 75 25 in favor of visiting team fans correct so like you're catering you know deliberately or not you're catering to probably the largest fan base in Denver. The Rockies probably are not even the largest baseball fan base in Denver because the city is now like 80% people who have moved here from the Midwest. 80% so, uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota, your two favorite states. All Wisconsinites and Minnesotans. Um, you know, next thing they'll try to get Ryan Braun to stop here before he retires or something. Um, it's just a, retire. it's a, yeah, is he done? Is he I mean, gone? He did retire. Yeah, I, I yeah. never even remember. Uh, he went to John Elway's high school. I did not know that. I only know really? that now because Happy Bernada birthday, Hills John High School Elway. is like half a mile from my new house. Happy birthday to the and king. it's called to John Elway Stadium. I didn't. I did not know that. I was walking by the dog one morning and I walked by this really nice high school and saw from afar the football stadium said John Elway Stadium right across the top. Did you bring a uh, birthday cake? Obviously. And uh, like apparently Granada Hills Charter, uh, Ryan Braun or not, has won the National Academic Decathlon eight of the last nine years. Huh. I wonder what the events are in the National yeah, Academic I, Decathlon. I think you have to uh, say pi out to 14 digits okay. while also uh, doing jumping jacks. Yeah, probably. Something like that. It's like the, the presidential fitness test. Right. You got to do it with like, uh, okay, I can here. never do pull-ups. You have to conjugate the these verbs yeah. and you got to you gotta diagram this sentence. Um, that sounds fun. Good Sp- for... Spell this word good for while Ryan holding Ron. your head underwater. Um. Yeah, man, it's uh, there's there's just not a lot of uh, excitement here to uh, to dive into with this team, and uh, you know, from here it doesn't really get much better or easier for the Rockies because they get the Mets in town this weekend. So that'll be sixty five percent Mets fans. They're at Pittsburgh and then at Washington, two bad teams. Well, but, they, also, they also have like the easiest schedule basically yeah. up to this point. I yeah. mean, they got the Reds and the Nationals and the Royals. Yeah, like this team should be in a far different position than where it is. Um, you know, the, even, the, like, you, you, you got to go on the road the next like next week and get Pittsburgh and Washington again. Yeah. That they suck. Miami's playing better. You get them at home the end of May, but then it's Braves, Giants, Padres, Guardians, Padres. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you got to go on the road to Minnesota toward the end of June. Um, then you get the Dodgers and the D-backs for back-to-back. Uh, series you go Dodgers D-backs at home then Dodgers D-backs on the road uh, for 13 straight games against those two teams yeah and then you're you know essentially you start running into the stretch of the season where you just play the same four other teams you want to know what the funniest goddamn thing is going to be at the end of this year I already know where you're going the the uh, nine game road trip to end the season three at San Francisco six (laughs) at Dodger Stadium You know what That's is going be to be the insane. funniest goddamn thing. You know what's going to be insane about that is when the Rockies go into that series to take on a Dodgers team that is, let's say, three games back of the Giants. Sure, sure. And yeah, the Giants have be, to play sure, yeah. Arizona at home, and then San Diego on the road for the final six days of the season, and the Dodgers will just get to whoop that ass a against six, the Rockies for six, six game. Straight six game, game series at Dodger Stadium. That is a level of hell that is is unheard of. Like if you don't know that, those are the rescheduled uh, games from yeah. the week that they missed in the lockout. So there's scheduled double headers. Like the Dodgers yesterday had a scheduled double header at X. Yeah, it's just one of those things going to happen with the how they had right. to re re like that they missed for that week. Yeah. So the Rockies end up with six at Dodger Stadium end the season. I did not know that until this week. And I, oh, just thinking about it made me smile. That is going, they're going to get out. 
You remember when uh, it was 2018 when the Phillies were in it for a while and then they got eliminated like the last week of the season came to Coors Field. Yeah, they got destroyed. And, that and they series. like when they got eliminated that Sunday, came to Coors Field for a four game series Monday through uh, Thursday and they quit. They yeah. absolutely quit on Gabe Kapler that year and they got outscored in that series. I want to say it was like 40 to 10 yeah. in that series. And that's what it's going to be. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, I mean, this team will have been out of contention for three months by that point. Um, so God knows by the end of the season, they're going to be having a lot of fun with that six day uh, road trip to Dodger Stadium. Um, I was talking it's, to it's going to be 0 and 9 and they're and they could get outscored by 100 runs in those. Nine yeah, games. it's going to be incredible. <laughs> um, buddy of mine who works for the Giants was telling me about uh, they had a single day road trip to Milwaukee. Um, because of that same thing, the scheduling stuff that had to be, you know, rejiggered and, and switched around and all that. They went to Milwaukee for one day uh, earlier this month. They played against the Brewers on, actually, I guess it was late last month. They were at Washington on April 24th, flew to Milwaukee, played one game, and then went home to take on Oakland and Washington. And now they've got to go back uh, to Milwaukee for a scheduled doubleheader at some point later on in the season. God. It sounds so weird. They also, by the way, they had, and I did not hear about this. Did you hear about the, the Jock Peterson fan incident in that game? It was very not, similar no, to the Dinger so. situation last year, uh, but I had not heard about it. And, and Jock Peterson, um, there you can find the story online but a fan was just riding jock peterson just going nuts at him and it sounded as though this fan was yelling something heinously inappropriate uh, a video came out later that showed that he was yelling something else um and you know still being a, a standard jerk in the stands but jock peterson i guess hit uh uh two runs yeah okay i've already he heckled and yeah. then he hit the whole and he run. you know yeah i didn't know pointing at his yeah. jersey going down the baseline stares the dude down all that um, but yeah, that I, I was unaware of that. It's, uh, early September when they have to go back to Milwaukee for this, uh, what would have been an off day on September 8th. They got to play, uh, two games yeah. in Milwaukee in between series in Los Angeles and a series in Chicago. So they were supposed to have a travel day that day. Instead, they got to fly to Milwaukee, play two and then bust to Chicago. So the, the schedule is all kind of, all kinds of crazy for teams making up those games. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the rock, if the Rockies were going to make hay and try to build up, you know, a little bit of a bulwark, uh, to get themselves in a position of, uh, staying in a race, they were supposed to have done it over the last few weeks. <laughs> like, you know, you get the Cubs at home. That's a, a mediocre team. Uh, you know, you split four games with them. You win a series uh, over the Phillies at home. That's good. Then you go on the road to Detroit. You lose a game, uh, you know, because of the rain. You end up taking two out of three there. That's fine. And then everything is falling apart. You lose four at Philly. You have the one good home stand. You lose a series at Arizona. Get swept at San Francisco. Lose a series at home to the Royals. You've already lost the series at home to the Giants. They're trying to avoid the sweep today. The Mets come to town this weekend. That's the best team in the National League right now, or at least tied for the most wins in the National League. Um, this there's just not a whole lot that stacks up in a way where you're like, all right, well, you know, they get Chris Bryant back healthy. This team can There's just there's, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing there. So that's fun. Sorry to be the bearers of bad news, uh, y'all. I mean, the yeah, the, the the plan thing gets me the most. Like it, like you you wanted to get guys who aren't scared to pitch in course field. And you, you got four or five dudes who get it. But one of them who maybe got it most, who wanted to stick around here yeah. most, and you let him walk for nothing. 
Yeah. And he's had a rough right. year, but you know, notwithstanding. Yeah. Uh, they've and they they've all taken steps back this year. They don't strike anybody out, but now you're paying them a lot of money. A lot of these guys too. Like, I mean, relatively, of course. It's not like they're paying a Mike Trout money. Right. But you you live in an era where all people do is strike people out and you have your yeah, among starting pitchers, your your best starting pitcher, the best caper nine your rotation is seven point six with Herman Marquez. And you know, it's 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 could be organizational. We've seen Marquez in the past who has had electric stuff in the past. Yeah. You know, try to rely on getting ground balls and throwing a slider when his curveball is his best pitch. Yep. And a slider gets hit, but they keep wanting to throw that slider. And if that's an organizational thing, like, hey, we're gonna throw a lot of sliders at Coors Field, and guys don't want to do that, can't do that, don't do it well, and they have better pitches, and you're gonna try to shoehorn a, a slider into their arsenal. Seems pretty dumb. Doesn't yeah. seem like it's working. I'm yep. just throwing that out there. There's all guys want to do right now is swing and miss, and you have zero swing and miss in your bullpen, in your starting rotation. And I don't understand how you don't understand what's going on here if you're in the front office for the Rockies. Yeah, it's, you know, the the Rockies are, and they are viewed this way around baseball, the Rockies are a franchise that zigs when everyone else zags and not in a good way. Yeah, You know, every trend goes one direction in baseball and the Rockies go the other direction. Uh, you know, even before the things that are fashionable now were fashionable, you know, the stuff that they tried that could have been revolutionary. The four man rotation with the piggybacks, you know, they gave up on that. Yeah. And that like nowadays you look at that and you're like, wow, actually well, they, they gave know. up on it. Be, like what, they didn't have the personnel for it. I guess right. one, for, but, like, yeah. they first also, of all, like, they had nobody who was good. Yeah. But also <laughs> like, but, but they got made fun of you yeah. know, their, their yeah. feelings got hurt and they got dragged across baseball. For <laughs> it. Um, now to be fair, if I remember correctly, I think they basically just like dropped that on the players. Like one day everybody came in and they were just like, all right, we're oh, totally overhauling way. how baseball is done. Uh, and, and the players thought it was ridiculous and, you know, it was because it was done in a very Rockies way. Uh, but they just like the Rockies are a team that have no margin for error. The Rockies are the team that in order to be competitive, they need to be on the cutting edge of absolutely everything. And instead they just continue plowing down the same roads with the same lack of success with the same lack of interest in changing anything. Uh, and then they somehow get the Denver Post to write stories saying, oh, the owner's son is actually really good. Well, and, but the, and then when, when they do deviate from the rut that they've created for themselves, it's all totally reactionary. Yeah. They're, they, they're using like four-year-old signs. They're, they're using like, they're still wiping down groceries, you know, because of COVID. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's all reactionary. They, they get Chris Bryant, who is, you know, great. He's been really good, but he was not having the best years of his career prior. Yeah. You get Ian Desmond after having a all-star year in Texas yeah. when his first half was great. His second half was awful. Yep. Daniel Murphy was good three years prior Yep. and you had know, bad knees. <laughs> even, even a guy and, and God bless him. He has earned the deal to this point, but even a guy like Charlie Blackman, you know, yeah. Charlie Blackman has put up some good seasons since they signed into that deal. Of course, you know, 2017, he was terrific. 2018, he was very good on the playoff teams. 2019, he was really good on a very bad team. But since then, like, he started to fall off. 2020, he was fine. Last year was his lowest full season OPS ever yeah. uh, at 762. And, like, Chuck's been pretty bad so far this season. And you are in a spot where you are paying a guy 
a lot of money who is already 35 years old. You sign him to an eight year contract and you're still paying him for what is it? The next three years at least. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, like even when they do. Okay. So next year is a player option. So they're paying him $21 million for this year, $10 million player option for next year. Um, other teams do they do them in the wrong way right like hey you guys got you got some uh starting pitchers who you've homegrown who pitch in your at course field they're comfortable there they want to stay sign to extensions great but you, you sign them at the wrong time yeah seems sign like. them at the wrong it sure time seems like right now yeah or you, you know you sign the guys that don't really fit the bill like we we have long loved antonio sensatella um yeah. he's been a and a kyle freeland of course and yeah. kyle freeland obviously uh and you know i think kyle freeland will be fine more likely than Antonio Sensatella because Kyle Freeland has shown that he can be uh you know a decent strikeout guy if he needs to be uh, you know last year he struck out 105 and 120 and two-thirds innings like they're yeah. not eye-popping numbers but they're fine Antonio Sensatella's yeah. skill set is just not something that translates well to Coors Field if he's not missing bats and he's not a guy who really misses bats that much. He had the exact same strikeouts as Kyle Freeland last year in 36 more innings pitched. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not ideal. Um, you know, opponents are hitting 387 against him. That and he has 90, work. he has 96, 97 in his arsenal too, but he just has nothing else. And it's it straight. Is, it is just, you know, you let somebody like John Gray, whose profile fits Coors Field far better. You let him walk for nothing. Um, and you keep around somebody like Antonio Sensatella, who is not the model Coors Field pitcher in this era of baseball. Um, yeah, God knows what you've done to Marquez. And and then you're filling gaps in behind him with the, you know, the Chad Cools and the Austin Gombers of the world. And they've been fine. But like, you know, this is a team that over the last several years has like relied on Chichi Gonzalez a lot. Yeah. You know, this is a team that in, in 2019, uh, you know, gave a lot of starts to ran a year that we were going into thinking like, well, you never know. This could be the year they win the division because they're coming off a year in which they went to a tiebreaker. They went to game 163 uh, against the Dodgers. You know, maybe this is the time when this team finally gets it all together. That year, you know, you threw Jeff Hoffman and Peter Lambert out there, two guys who you were very excited about at times in their careers for a combined 34 starts. Peter Lambert had a seven and a quarter. Jeff Hoffman was over six and a half. Like they they are just a team that has zero depth. Um, they have never been good at developing and having depth, and they don't spend the money to have depth that they have not developed internally. Right. And it just leads to really boring bad baseball like it's not i think the the best case scenario for this year was weird but fun like we talked about yeah. in the season preview show it would have like, been awesome if that were the case in the if, first if first this team went 75 and 87 but they were hitting four homers a game and they were you know beating teams blake street bomber style like that's not a successful season at least it'd be fun this team yeah. right now is on track to lose you know as they have played over the last couple of weeks they're on track to lose their standard 90 to 95 and nothing about it is going to be interesting and that sucks. If you're going to be bad, at least be interesting. And they're not right now. So that's <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to shout out uh, some people. I, I wore my uh, my PDP hat yesterday to the, the UniWatch meetup. 
I had multiple people say that they were uh, avid listeners and fans of the show. Uh, and Why? for that, we apologize. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sure your family members will host an intervention soon to ask why you're wasting your time listening to these two idiots on a podcast. But that is always just like the coolest thing on earth. Uh, whenever anybody says that they, they listen to the show or they like the show or whatever it is. Um, so Huge thanks to uh, to everybody at the at the meetup who was so cool to to hang out with and uh, get to talk, you know, nerdy uniforms and logos and rocky shades of purple and uh, and all that type of stuff. With that was a lot of fun. Um, if you would like your very own purple dinosaur podcast hat, we still have them. Uh, the vast majority of what is left is adjustable. There are I think three fitteds left. I can't remember what sizes they are. Um, if you want to snag a fitted or grab an adjustable hat decoapparelco.com d-e-c-o apparel co.com uh you could snag a, a pdp hat there uh we've got pdp throwback logo t-shirts as well we've got all of our other rockies t-shirts we've got the uh the baseball owners hate baseball shirt from the lockout um we got some fun stuff up on the site and uh you can you can check that all out there but that was cool yesterday getting a chance to uh to meet paul lucas from uni watch and a whole bunch of other uh dedicated dorks like myself uh it was it was fun it was fun and it's always fun to be able to commiserate with other intelligent rockies fans <laughs> like eh, they do exist. Know, everything's bad they, they, and they do exist they do. it's not just you know they do people who listen to the fan all day and come to coors field and get drunk and then go home or like, the the consonant tweets yelling about yeah. ryan mcmahon hitting a, an rbi double to put his team down only six runs and how, and how um, stupid the rest of us <laughs> How dumb we all are. Um, the, uh, the, the season hopefully will have its bright spots. I just yeah. don't, I don't know where to see them right now. But let's hope they, the they don't lose their 13th spot. straight to the giants. <laughs> First pitch coming up in about two minutes. Very exciting. Stuff. Just in time. Is there anything else that we had no, neglected to cover? No, no, no. I think we're good. It's all pretty good. I think that was a lot of sobering baseball. Analysis. Yeah, no, it's, it could, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> Like we dove in pretty well. It's just that there's nothing fun to dive into. So that's exciting stuff. Yeah. Uh, you can get in touch with us. Purple dinosaur podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we never check it. Nope. And um, all, all things aside, um, we've had a lot of fun, you know, uh, interacting with you, the fan this year, even if this team is bad, uh, it feels like people have reached a place of acceptance where it's like, well, I'm not going to get angry about them being bad because they're just always right. bad. So that's something. Yeah. Brian Servin making his major league debut today. How about that? Been in the Rocky system for like six years. Maybe he'll be serving up some wins. Shut up. No. Did you get that? No. Get that pun? Did Shut like up. It? Did you like that? No. That was pretty good. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. All right. Uh, uh, all right. We're going to say goodbye. He's Anthony. I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.